Welcome to Catching Curveballs. Join Dr. Moji, a psychology professor at the University of Ohio, and her daughter, Iyabade, a research scientist in California, on a journey of how to make the most of what life throws your way. We hope to make today's podcast as informative and lighthearted as possible. So sit back and join us on this adventure. If you have your own comments or questions, remember to send them to catchingcurveballs at gmail.com or DM us at Catching Curveballs Podcast on Instagram. Both are always listed in the show notes in case you want to double check the spelling. In fact, make it easier on yourself and just go ahead and add that email to your contacts list and follow us on Instagram. And if you like what you hear, remember to rate, review, and tell your friends, family, and coworkers to listen. The good news is that this will never be one of those podcasts where you're embarrassed to share it or even admit that you listen to it. Hi, mom. Hi, my daughter. Listeners, do we sound any different? Maybe we sound as if we're right next to each other. Well, that's because we are. The Catching Curveballs duo is reunited at last. It wasn't an easy process, but it's so worth it. It's funny because we're so used to recording from a distance, and whenever I talk to my friends about the podcast, I'll explain how, well, the audio isn't perfect, but it's tough since we're recording all of this from afar. And now that we're together, I'm a bit worried because if the audio on this one is terrible, I'll have absolutely no excuse aside from my tech incompetence. Full disclosure, listeners, this entire adventure has been a learning process for my mom and I. Before we started the podcast, we really didn't have any experience with this medium or any sort of training on how to best capture and produce a show that's listener-friendly. In fact, our daytime jobs are so far from anything production-related that this has definitely been a stretch. But we love you all so much that we're continuously trying to improve the sound so that your time with us every week will be as enjoyable as possible. Let's just say that we all know we're not NPR quality, but seriously, it's just my mom and I running all aspects of this show, so give us some time. This is a bare-bones operation, but whatever we release, we've recorded it with love. For our non-U.S. listeners, NPR stands for National Public Radio. It's a news broadcasting organization with many podcasts that all have amazing audio quality. It's to the point where I'll press play on some of them and have to stop what I'm doing in complete awe. And going back to that bare bones operation thing, it's also just us managing our emails and messaging. So whenever you send something, you know it's absolutely us who will be seeing it and responding to you, no one else. With all of this said, one of you sweet angels sent a message a few days ago stating that you missed about 15 phone calls because you were binge listening to the podcast and couldn't stop listening to it. Which, first of all, you're amazing, but also, who gets that many phone calls in one day, let alone within the course of a few hours? Were those work calls? Personal calls? Is everything okay? Please follow up and fill us in a bit more. We really need to know. I think after reading that message, those were your initial questions, Yabodi. Listeners, I was more curious about the episodes the listener binged on, but my daughter immediately instead wondered whether the 15 calls was a typo or whether the listener was okay. 
Please continue to send your messages because it really is great to receive your thoughts on the content or even just hear your experiences about what has worked for you in the past as you've caught those curveballs life has thrown your way. Agreed. And dear listeners, today we're starting the self series. For the next few episodes, we're encouraging you to just focus on yourself. Each time you play the next set of episodes, think of it as your me time, the time we really want you to devote to yourself and reflect on the ways you can leverage what you've heard to take care of yourself. We're devoted to supporting you along the way as we wrap up this year and prepare for another. I love the reference of these episodes being the self-series. Self-help is something I truly believe each and every one of us needs to make a priority. Self-care contributes to our physical, mental, spiritual, and social health. All right. For our first episode of the self-series, we're exploring self-reinvention. So mom, how would you define self-reinvention? Self-reinvention is to recreate, rediscover, redo, remake oneself, to reimagine, to transform, to become a different kind of person. Whenever I hear reinvention, it sounds very drastic, almost as if to imply that what currently or previously existed was so dysfunctional that it had to be rebuilt from the ground up. And when you then add self as a prefix to it, it evokes that sense of, okay, this is an extreme measure that's taken to rebuild yourself. I don't think I'm alone in this either because when I talk with others about self-transformation or self-discovery, it's usually within the context of someone feeling as if they've hit rock bottom or feeling as if for the sake of their health or safety or even relationships with loved ones, they need to dramatically change. But the more I researched this topic, the more obvious it became to me that it doesn't actually have to follow the same radical template. Equally important, it also doesn't necessarily mean what you're doing now or who you are now is appalling. So mom, can you walk us through the impact of self-reinvention, especially for those others who might perceive it as only being necessary when things are falling apart and not necessarily as part of natural growth and evolution as a person? Self-reinvention is relevant to each and every one of our lives. Change is a constant. We are constantly changing, developing, whether consciously or unconsciously. To make progress in life is to reinvent, remake oneself. The ability to reinvent oneself contributes to one's health and happiness. Studies have shown that making a midlife career change, for example, can improve brain cognition, overall well-being, and longevity. Reinventing oneself so as to live more in alignment with one's values can increase one's satisfaction with life. In a continued, hyper-competitive, fast-paced, and rapidly changing world, There is a need for people and organizations to be more adaptable and flexible. Hence, the ability for self-reinvention is paramount. 
I believe this idea is best summarized by Anthony Elliott, the author of a book titled Identity Troubles and Introduction, who stated that, quote, in our turbulent world of global flows and digital transformations, pervasive identity crises and self-reinvention have become increasingly central to everyday life. Such an interesting quote, and it makes me think of companies that are household names, but not necessarily new. And when you look back on their journey, they weren't necessarily flopping and then started anew. They instead recognized a changing landscape and evolved. From Netflix and their start as a DVD subscription service to where they are now with streaming and even creating original content, or we can look at IBM or Apple for that matter. These major corporations recognize the importance of reinvention in remaining relevant and thriving. We can all apply that same concept. Our goals more than likely differ from these brands, but at the end of the day, understanding the benefits that come from pivoting or transforming ourselves as well as methods to do so can add a lot of value to our lives. If anyone's thinking, you know, Yavade, I don't get the connection to Netflix, not to worry. If anything, take the word of the studies my mom has referenced, which show that self-reinvention can contribute to our health, longevity, and life satisfaction. And mom, what about the triggers for self-reinvention? What circumstances might result in someone making the decision to reinvent themselves? Very many circumstances and situations might call for one to reinvent oneself, and the possibilities might arise anytime across the lifespan. We are never too young or too old to reinvent ourselves. You might, however, engage in voluntary self-reinvention or involuntary self-reinvention. With voluntary self-reinvention, like with voluntary career change, the individual is in control over the situation. The individual engages in reinvention for a variety of internal reasons, such as having a job they do not find fulfilling or being in a problematic work environment. Such people look at alternative jobs, potentially even at making career changes or entering different fields. Other people reinvent themselves to express aspects of their personalities that they believe are not utilized currently, for example, in their present field of study or job. With involuntary self-reinvention, like involuntary career change, such people are in transition because of external reasons. For instance, their skills may have become obsolete in terms of their jobs, or they have been laid off because of shifting economic conditions. People may also reinvent themselves after a divorce, after surviving a chronic illness, after the death of a loved one, and after being through other major life challenges. That is, people may reinvent themselves after catching curveballs. I hadn't thought of the precipitating factor being voluntary versus involuntary, actually. 
I'd say I hear most people reference self-reinvention after a major loss, whether that be the loss of a loved one or a job or a partner. But beyond these settings, there are many others in which self-reinvention has been studied. Can you share some of those areas of study for us, Mom? Yes, my daughter. A wide array of populations have been studied by psychologists interested in this phenomenon. There is a 2019 interview-based study that examined criminal record clearance and gendered narratives of self-reinvention and reintegration. The researchers found that both men and women pursue opportunities for personal gain through record clearance, but women are more motivated by moral and religious influences and concern about their reputation. Women are also more likely than men to admit personal failings and to desire to replace criminal identities with law-abiding identities. As women redefine their identities, caregiving is especially important as a personal obligation and professional aspiration. The researchers also found that record clearance aligns with women's motivations, willingness to change, and personal and professional goals. That's so interesting. Both the context being former inmates as well as the findings, which suggest there might be a relationship between gender and motivation to reinvent themselves. In this case, replace a quote-unquote criminal identity with a law-abiding one. I wonder if what we're seeing is reflective of a particular gender being more concerned about reputation than self-reinvention per se, though. In other words, maybe women prioritize their reputation more than men and therefore are more active in pursuing clearing their criminal record and admitting their mistakes in this setting. But whether this actually is a true reflection of a gender difference in self-reinvention, I question. And for full disclosure, I'm not very familiar with this publication, so my apologies to the authors if my line of questioning is disrespectful. I guess I'm just not completely sold that women care more about self-reinvention than men. Okay, what else, mom? I'd like more studies to question. Just kidding. (laughs) Just kidding. In a series of much earlier studies, the researchers' goal was to answer the question, Is necessity or ability the mother of invention by examining individual, relational, and contextual influences on the nature of self-reinvention? The investigators studied interpersonal motivations for initiating self-change based on the reasoning that individuals with unmet interpersonal needs would be most likely to desire to change themselves, but that despite this desire, people lacking relationships might also be lacking in the social and personal resources needed to facilitate change in their lives. To see change happen for individuals with unmet belongingness needs, certain environmental facilitators might need to exist for change to occur. In the first study, the researcher examined the relationship between experiences with adolescent social exclusion and desire for self-change 
among college freshmen. The results showed that the research participants experiencing social exclusion in the past were most likely to 1. Express a desire for self-change, especially if high in need to belong. And 2. Exhibit the smallest discrepancies between actual and undesired selves. All right, quick interjection. So with this study, the results with college freshmen, for our non-U.S. listeners, freshmen are first-year students. So in these first-year college students who have experienced social exclusion or those feelings of not belonging during their adolescent years, they were most likely to really want to undergo self-change and to a degree have a large window from their actual self to their desired self. These individuals also serve as those with a potential lack of social and personal resources to reinvent themselves. Correct. And in a second study, the researchers examined how, with this predisposition for self-change, individuals might be able to successfully present a self that was farther away from the past or undesired self and perhaps more like their ideal self if given the proper encouragement. Results revealed that threat condition was important for motivating change in accepted and average participants but inhibited change in participants with a history of exclusion. Average individuals were further benefited by the presence of encouragement. In addition, excluded individuals were most able to initiate self-change in conditions of anonymity. These findings suggest that some degree of change is possible giving the right motivators and facilitators. So with the second study, situational factors and prior experiences matter. The same environment or conditions won't yield similar results for everyone, but rather, based on prior experiences, the same conditions can serve as motivators for some, but for others, actually discourage them. In this case, what's been termed as threat or threatening conditions to change motivated those who had a history of being socially accepted or even average level accepted, while it hindered change in those with a history of social exclusion. In considering those who have a history of exclusion were those who had the greatest desire to change, it shows that who and what you surround yourself with can influence whether you actually undergo self-reinvention. Even if you have the greatest interest in growth or transformation, if you're not in the right place or surrounded by the right people, your ability to do so can be difficult, if not worse, impossible. This is a perfect segue to then discussing the strategies we can use to reinvent ourselves. Mom, can you share some of those methods with us? It has been suggested that to reinvent oneself, one should see oneself from the outside. One should find habits associated with things that one wants to change. Practice, practice, practice. Do so daily. Remember to set realistic goals. Regularly check yourself and evaluate your progress. Be in the company of people who will tell you the truth and support your growth. Go beyond your comfort zone by taking calculated risks. 
I believe some of the recommendations from developgoodhabits.com will be helpful to our listeners. First, ask yourself this pertinent question. Do I really want to change? Next, remember, it takes time to reinvent oneself. Create a vision of your future self. Set a goal. Work on your habits. Understand what failure actually is. Get help, get a mentor, and network with others. Keep learning. Learning is a lifelong endeavor. Go beyond your comfort zone. Take things one step at a time. Check your ego at the door. You need not justify your decision to reinvent yourself. Just do it. Keep your finances under control. Start your day early. Be assertive when pursuing your goal. Anticipate and prepare for when you get depressed or scared or lose focus or experience peer pressure to take up again old habits. Expect and be ready for times when you will feel you are not strong enough, smart enough, or devoted enough to reinventing yourself. I should mention that depending on your age, there might be some varied considerations to keep in mind. For example, self-reinvention in your 60s might not look the same as it would if you were in your 20s. However, it is possible and can prove to be tremendously beneficial at any age or decade of life. Remember that you are old enough to reflect on your goals, priorities and values and that you are young enough to take action. Beautiful. I love those so much, especially the step around anticipating and preparing for when you get depressed or scared or lose focus or potentially even receive peer pressure from others to take a step back. We're so hard on ourselves, especially when it comes to self-reinvention. And I can't resist adding my own two cents to this. And so I'm relying on Coach Pamela Listeners, by Coach Pamela, I'm referring to Pamela Mitchell, the founder and CEO of the Reinvention Institute. She has this really interesting book titled The 10 Laws of Career Reinvention, Essential Survival Skills for Any Economy. And in it, she has the best epilogue I've ever read. A little bit about me, I have a love-hate relationship with epilogues. When I'm reading a really good book, one of the worst feelings is realizing it's come to an end. And what's worse is, of course, you want more wherever you can get it. So even though the book is over, you're desperately reading the epilogue pages just to stretch out the process. But in your heart of hearts, you know it's done. Let me know if you can relate, but in this case, I completely loved the epilogue. In fact, I'm saving it because it's something special. In her epilogue, Coach Pamela shares four takeaways that I think we should all keep in mind. First is that you have two careers, and actually it might even be more depending on your situation. But regardless, one of your jobs is to continually develop yourself and your skills. Second, make a habit of being happy. 
I realize this is easier said than done, but as Coach Pamela states, it's important to cultivate routines that bring you joy. You deserve to make it a priority to do so. Third, don't make your reinvention bigger than it needs to be. Quote, sometimes you need a radical overhaul, other times small tweaks, end quote. And fourth, you'll change your mind and that's okay. Another quote, quote unquote. (laughs) What works at one age or stage of your life may no longer fit when you reach the next, end quote. I should mention she also has a companion workbook to guide you through her laws of career reinvention, each with myth busters and fantasy cleanup exercises, visualization steps, and brainstorming prompts. This book and the companion workbook truly are applicable far beyond our careers, though. Okay, mom, let's have you share your quote for today so that we can all start brainstorming on how we want to be the next Netflix or Apple version of ourselves. My quote for today is by Bethany Eaton. As we allow the process of reinvention, we often have to leave jobs, locations, people, and things behind. If it's true that we have a desire to rise to the level of our highest potential, we need to truly listen to our essential self. It's this quiet voice that asks us to up-level our lives, be happier and more fulfilled. And it often means we need to clear our elevator. We have to draw the boundaries around those people and places that keep us feeling shackled. This takes courage. End of quote. Well, that is all for now. Thank you for spending time with us. Yes, we want to hear from you. Give us feedback on what you heard today and suggestions for topics you would like us to discuss in future episodes. You can email us at catchingcurveballs at gmail.com. That's catchingcurveballs at gmail.com, all one word. Or you can follow us on Instagram at catchingcurveballspodcast. That's catchingcurveballspodcast. And if you like what you've heard, don't forget to rate and review the podcast wherever you're listening to it. We cannot wait to connect with you soon. Thank you.